This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Back in, you were listening to the July 13th, 2018 episode of the Fantasy Football Mailbag, a part of this podcast dedicated to answering your fantasy football questions. We are brought to you by the folks over at the FFPC, the home of season long high stakes fantasy football. I'm your host, Jeremy Hart at Fantasy Gumshoe, and joining me today on the show is the DFS director over at 4 for 4 and co host of the DFS MVP podcast. Welcome to the show, TJ Hernandez. You can find him on the tweets at TJ Hernandez. It is great to have you back on the mailbag show this offseason, TJ, my man. What is good? Jeremy, what's up, buddy? It's good to be back. Uh, haven't been on for a while. Uh, we I, we both had to update our Skype, so I know it's been uh, exactly ten months because that's the last time I signed into Skype. Yeah, that you know what? That's that all that is telling me. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store fifty to seventy percent off. Dresses from nineteen ninety nine. Polos from sixteen ninety nine. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Is that we need to talk more <laughs> often, TJ? Yeah. No, no pressure I, or anything. I agree. I agree. I love coming on, man. <laughs> well, I'm pretty pumped to have you on. We've got a lot going on. We've got SFB8. Uh, it's mm-hmm. pretty funny. I mean, we're all going to win this thing. I saw your tweet yesterday. <laughs> yeah. We're we're all just in the money. I mean, I don't. 900 people can't win, right? Yeah, I had to. I had to needle the crowd. Everybody uh, sending their screenshots. Usually, it's the usually the screenshots are reserved for the uh, DFS touts, but uh, this is the one time that the the redraft touts get to put all their teams up at once. So every <laughs> everyone's in first place right now, at least, right? Yeah, the only thing we're missing is the dollar sign so far. So <laughs> yeah. Well, only only one of them is going to be able to get there, but we'll go ahead and help get toward those dollar signs. Hopefully, this episode here, as we answer all the off-season questions for the week, whether it's dynasty trades, player and team outlooks, off-season preps, uh, you name it. TJ, before we dive right in, though, you guys have some uh, gold lined up for this season over at 4 for 4. Team breakdowns, classic level, pro level, rankings, consulting, you name it. So tell us a little bit more about what's been keeping you busy at night other than those IPA 2v2s. I have been pouring those IPAs down the drain. That's what's keeping me busy. Um, <laughs> no, it's, it's nice over at four for four. We, since we're just football, we get a little time to, to step back and, and regroup. And, uh, we've been spending most of the offseason just, uh, just adding some, some powerhouse dudes to the lineup, especially on the DFF side. Uh, we already had, uh, Ryan Hodge on the team. Uh, we're bringing in Josh Hermsmeyer, who if you, if you've seen him on Twitter, he just does some, some great analytical work. He's building out some great DFS tools for us. Uh, 
if people haven't been around uh, Twitter for, for the past few years, um, some people might not know that Denny Carter actually uh, used to be a 4 for 4 guy. We're bringing him back on to do some DFS work for us. Uh, Pat James is coming on. So we, we got a we got a really awesome team over there. And then uh, just kind of grinding, like you said, uh, SFB8 started doing some analysis on that, best ball. Uh, just building out some awesome DFS tools. Uh, the, the, the thing we're really getting ready for is our redraft is right around the corner. So we just launched our, we team up with draft analyzer every year. And I just did a, uh, FSTA draft, uh, in Minnesota actually using draft analyzer and four for four tools. And it's a, it's a really cool tool. So that's excited that we got, uh, that rolled out this week. Man, it is just a good time of season, TJ. DFS is almost back from an NFL perspective. I am just pumped. You talked about all the great DFS tools you guys got going on over there, TJ. Can you let the bag out of the, let the bag out of the cat, let the cat out of the bag a little bit in terms of the season's DFS MVP podcast? And, uh, I know, I know salaries aren't released yet, but I'm already seeing those Tampa Bay, New Orleans and New England games as chalk for week one. So tell me, you know, it's far too early for you're looking for GPP week one. I know I'm already, in Tennessee. Yeah, D- uh, DFS MVP going to be a, a little different this year. Uh, Holden Kushner is going to be uh, my co-host this year. Holden Radio on Twitter uh, used to be a, a serious XM guy. He's a host of uh, Best Baseball Podcast. It's going to be exciting because he's going to bring a, a different spin to to the podcast. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm a fantasy guy, but I'm I'm not really an all-around sports guy, if that makes sense. Holden's just a, a a smart sports dude that knows the industry really well, and he also is a, a pretty good DFS player in his own right. So uh, I'm excited to to launch that with him this year. And then uh, in terms of early season DFS, yeah, you you talked about uh, those lines are already out. They came out I, I think right after schedule release comes out week one. They start releasing those lines and. Um, I've, I've done some work on the past looking at early season DFS and I think one edge you can have is, yeah, a lot of people pound those lines, but what I've found is that early in the season, it does take Vegas maybe two or three weeks to catch up to what's going on in the NFL. And a lot of times there's uh, a lot of value in the early weeks to not go after those, those highest lines, but the second tier. So, uh, maybe the over-unders that are like 46 and 47 points, the teams that are projected for 24 and 25 points instead of those 50 point over-unders or those teams 28 point, uh, um, implied totals. So I'm actually looking more at games like the Cincinnati Indy game, which I think is 47 and a half with just a spread of three, uh, Kansas City and Los Angeles Chargers, two offenses that I think are going to be exciting. And then, for all of us guys that are only doing football, it's a great opportunity for us to take all the work we've been doing for redraft players that we expect to break out. They're going to be cheap, and a lot of people that are playing other sports aren't going to be uh, ready to roster those guys. So leveraging some of that research we're doing, one of the, the classic examples from a couple of years ago is Allen Robinson. He was cheap for two or three weeks early in his big breakout season, and, and people that were doing their homework, they knew to play him early in the year. So uh, leveraging all that research we're doing er, uh, all summer, That really pays off early in DFS. Just fantastic nuggets there, TJ. Great stuff. Really looking forward to the MVP there. And you mentioned all the research. Continue on that research here at rotaviz.com. You can get a 30% discount to a Rotaviz NFL Pass through the NFL Podcast homepage at rotaviz.com slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our premium NFL content, and it also supports this very pod. You can also uh, support this pod, subscribe to, and rate the Rotaviz radio channel on iTunes. Do that, you'll be eligible to win a free $35 entry to a 
league hosted by our friends over at the FFPC. All you have to do is go to iTunes, leave a review with your name in it, and then listen to future episodes to hear if you are the winner. Also, if you're interested in being in an FFPC league with some of the Rotoviz writers and podcasters, email us, rotovizradio at gmail.com, and we'll go ahead and get that set up for you. And lastly, um, if you're a fan of this show, I think you are because you're listening to this show, do us a solid and hit the rate button directly on the Fantasy Football Mailbag feed. It's uh, hard work getting the show out every week. Do us a solid. Hit that rate button. And, again, if you have any questions you want answered on the show, hit us up via email, rotavizradio at gmail.com. All right, TJ, let's dive in and fire up some of the QQs for the week. Here we go. Redraft as more and more camp buzz surfaces about Sammy Watkins. It makes me a little bit more nervous about Tyreek Hill at his ADP. He was an outlier two seasons ago, and he did it again last season. Tyreek, Tyfreak, Dave Caven outlined him as a PPT, that's point per target danger zone, uh, but is he just one of those outlier type guys? What say you? Yeah, I mean, I'm every year, uh, every week in DFS, every year in redraft, uh, I'm looking for volume. I'm not trying to chase those outliers. We've seen it year in and year out. We have these guys that explode with uh, really huge efficiency numbers. A lot of that's driven by long plays and touchdowns and we just know that's it's not sustainable year over year. I look at these numbers every year in a uh, series I release that looks at, at year-to-year predictability for stats, and efficiency is just not something that carries over. Volume does. Uh, Tyree Kill is just the fourth wide receiver in the last 10 years to finish as a top 12 PPR wide receiver with 105 or fewer targets. He just had four red zone targets last year. Um, and he's going as a wide receiver 11 in MFL 10 drafts over the last month. Uh, if you're in that range, you can get guys like Doug Baldwin, who's going to be uh, maybe set a career high in targets this year. Uh, either of the uh, Vikings wide receivers, Thielen or Diggs, Larry Fitzgerald, uh, just a steady guy right there. T.Y. Hilton, who is going to be a discount if you get him uh, with a healthy Andrew Luck. All those guys are going to get... Uh, exponentially more volume than Tyreek Hill as far as Sammy Watkins goes um, I think I I don't think Sammy Watkins is necessarily going to put up huge numbers but I think if he cuts into anybody's work share it's going to be Tyreek Hill's I think uh, uh, Kelsey is good enough of a player that no one's going to cut into his workload he's just such a rare uh, weapon um, that he's going to be cemented into his role I I think he'll maybe sticks around at his volume that he was at last year about 100 targets uh, but I don't see it being much higher yeah, you talked a little bit about that volume distribution, Kelsey keeping his. Now, it looks like uh, the next question is redraft. Geronimo Allison, it could potentially be a thing. That's the question here. The Green Bay wide receiver core hasn't been a model of health, and neither has Jimmy Graham. Uh, should this question um, person, questionnaire, question and asker, uh, should he bypass the <laughs> likes of Randall Cobb and Devontae Adams for Ty Montgomery and Geronimo Allison? So this one's a little... Ugh, like I get it, right? But like I don't know. I mean, I like Jamon Moore, um, you know, St. Brown. I, 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 I don't know. What do you got? Yeah, I, I don't think that outside wide receiver two spot is automatically going to go to Geronimo Allison. Um, and and really that's going to be the wide receiver three in the pecking order as far as targets go. It's probably going to be fourth in the pecking order behind Cobb Adams and Jimmy Graham. I mean, yeah, you can argue uh, injuries, but uh, Graham stayed healthy and led the league in red zone targets and red zone touchdowns last year. Adams, if he's healthy, he's a twelve touchdown guy. And and really, even though you're you're trying to attach yourself to the best passing game in the league, I get it. You're still getting a guy that is going to be fourth in the pecking order and targets and maybe not even uh, win the position. In, in redraft, unless you're in a crazy deep league, 
a guy like Allison, I, I'd rather take a, a flyer on an ambiguous backfield where maybe a player only has to jump one uh, other player instead of three or four. Uh, this is going to be a guy, if you draft him, it's the first week of bye weeks, he's probably not being the first player you drop. So it just kind of feels like a wasted draft pick to me. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, the question also asked about Ty Montgomery. I do like Ty Montgomery. Um, you know, it seems like his ADP has been spiking over the last couple weeks here since mm-hmm. the Aaron Jones news. Um, yeah. I've, I was definitely taking him at the, the end of best ball leagues. I'm still, you know, kind of fine with the man anywhere after the 12th round. What do you, what do you think there? Yeah, th- there were a lot of uh, injuries in in the Green Bay backfield. Obviously, that's why we saw them them rotate a lot. But also, uh, either any of those three guys played together, at least two of them in almost every single game, and still Green Bay uh, behind Kansas City and Pittsburgh had the most games where a single running back accounted for at least two thirds uh, of their backfield touches. So. Last year, with this group of players, it didn't matter who was healthy. They wanted someone to be the workhorse on a week-to-week level. If we look at the the season-long numbers, uh, it, it doesn't show that because they were kind of rotating. But I think what's going to happen is whoever uh, wins this battle early in the year, whether it's Tymon or Jamal Williams, uh, I, I think they're going to keep trying to ride that. I, I'd rather have Jamal Williams, but uh, I mentioned with Geronimo, if I'm going to take shots at ambiguous situations, I'd rather it be a backfield. So I, I think there's a chance that Tymon or Jamal – uh, kind of make Aaron Jones a, a forgotten guy after a couple weeks. Good stuff there, TJ. So what are your best and worst purchases you've ever made? <laughs> um, my my best purchase by far are my my blackout curtains. I come from a, a bartender background, so I've always been a night owl. And, and to this day, my, my ideal work day is like, 4 p.m. to midnight, and I'm not getting to bed till 2 or 3 in the morning, uh, even during the season. So having those blackout curtains and, and being able to sleep through that early sunshine is is by far my best purchase. Um, my worst purchase ever, um, I, I don't know if this is actually my worst one, but this is the first one that came to mind. When when I graduated high school, um, it was in the it was in the middle of the the throwback jersey craze, like the the Nelly days. And the first thing I did with my uh, graduation money was buying a authentic Bill Walton throwback jersey from the Blazers, and I think I wore it maybe one time ever. <laughs> I think it was a good five hundred dollars or something down the drain. Yeah, you know, I didn't get authentic, but I mean, I'm right up there, right? Because I'm I'm looking in my closet every single day at this Jay Cutler Bears jersey. Like, what the <laughs> fuck am I gonna do with that? You can't wear it. You can't you can't bring it out and about. You know, I guess you can. I mean, I still people wearing see still see people wearing Tim freaking Couch Cleveland Browns jerseys from time. Well, to time. At, at least uh, Cutler's gonna have the reality show, so you have a reason to wear it now. This is true. This is true, yeah. I mean, the vintage, the throwback, you're better off just not having a name on the back or just put your own name on it, right? I mean, that's probably the pro move. Yeah, I think the move is you, you just got to buy uh, your team Hall of Famer. Like, if, if I get another jersey, it's probably going to be a, a Tim Brown or a Charles Woodson, but uh, I'm not I'm not much of a jersey guy anymore. Yeah, yeah. It, it, how Like, what's the age cutoff on that, right? Like, when are you still allowed to wear jerseys? I mean, I get it, like, if you're at the office party and you need a jersey because it's sports day or something like that, right? But you, you can't really wear a jersey out and about at this at this age. Well, I mean, we're... When- when I uh when I graduated high school was the year that uh, LeBron got drafted and that's when I decided I I'm not I'm not rooting for any player that's um that's my age or younger. I think that's the cutoff for wearing jerseys. You have to wear a player that's older than you. Fuck. That means I'm really getting old. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Moving on from there, best ball. I've been doing a lot of these best balls lately and started going 10 rounds before taking tight ends and quarterbacks. I end up with the trio of Ryan Tannehill, Case Keenum, Eli Manning or so while I target a couple tight ends even before them. I know I'm filling out the flex spots, uh, flex uh, the race to the flex, as they say, uh, but can a team like this actually take the cake? So uh, what do you got on this one? You know, it, it's easy to do this, like, if you're playing over on play draft. You know, mm-hmm. you can just you can just hammer running backs and wide receivers and, and those tight ends so long as you're not going for, for an early tight end. I'd, I'd say it's viable. Yeah, and, and I think another thing that, that people don't think about is uh, the different payout structures. If you're playing on on draft where they pay out four spots or if you're playing a, a, a 2X on M- in MFL 10s, uh, I think it's a little more viable just to go with these late-round guys because you only need to beat uh, a half or a third of the field to or uh, two-thirds of the field to cash, whereas if you're playing a, um, a winner-take-all, I'm, I'm going to be a little more hesitant to go with these, this strategy. I'm maybe going to want um, a guy with a little bit more upside than a, than a Tannehill, Keenum, Eli. They might get you there in the 50-50. You'll be fine, top half of the league. But um, I want a little more a little more boom potential if I'm uh, playing in a winner-take-all league. So I, I think I'm starting a little bit earlier than those guys. I, I don't mind having them as my second quarterback. Um, if someone like a Trubisky falls, I'm all over that. He's one of my favorite late-round plays. But uh, in general, I think probably... Uh, those late single-digit rounds, like the ninth, tenth round is probably when I want to grab my first quarterback. Good stuff there. All right, next one here. We've got a couple dynasty trade questions here. Uh, we've got George Kittle or a 2019 second. Yeah, I mean, 2019 second, like that second round, you're you're rolling the dice so much. George Kittle's a guy that he has a chance to be the, the primary red zone option in an offense that's going to be uh, much improved this year. He had 16 red zone targets last year. That accounted for almost a third of his targets. Uh, if we look at the 49ers options, Pierre Garçon's one of the worst red, red zone receivers since he's came into the league. Um, Goodwin's not a red zone guy, obviously. He's a guy that stretched the field. He saw 15 red zone targets last year, but I don't think it was uh, obviously the, the way they wanted to use him. Uh, I think Kittle could be that guy, not just this year, but for a few years to come. Dynasty, I think you should be looking two, three years out any further than that. Um, I think you're kind of fooling yourself, and I think George Kittle is in a spot to have a really good two- or three-year run, so I like Kittle. Yeah, I'm with you there as well. The next one here is uh, Tevin Coleman or Corey Davis here. So we haven't quite seen everything we're supposed to see from Corey Davis. This is the breakout year, but then, of course, Tevin Coleman sharing that backfield now, potentially not in Atlanta in 2019. What do you got? Yeah, hashtag running backs. Running backs don't matter, uh, in my opinion. Give me the wide receiver, especially on a on an offense that uh, is finally freed from uh, the Mike Malarkey shackles. I think they finally get to open it up. We're going to see Corey Davis. Uh, I think he's due for for a breakout year. I think this whole passing offense is due for a breakout year again. Not not just this year, but I think for the next couple of years. Yep. Also on the Corey Davis side, there. All right, TJ. If you had to become an inanimate object for a year, what object would you choose to be? Uh, this is a, another one. I didn't. I don't even know if this is the best answer. The first thing that popped in my head was a um, a, a bookshelf in a in a public library in a nice city because I'm just going to be in a a nice air conditioned room and no one goes to a library anymore, so I'm not going to have a lot of human interaction. <laughs> Dude, the, and and you're going to be in a library with some blackout shades, blackout curtains. At yeah, the same it's going to be great. No one's going to bo- bother me. If anyone goes to libraries, probably just to use a computer. No one's even checking out the books. You can just sit in the back and be alone. 
<laughs> that's, a, that's a nice perspective at it, too. I feel like I actually live in a dungeon myself here, so I'd probably do something in that boat as well. It, it's weird, right? Like, I grew up being an extroverted type of person, right? Like, I, I'm on a podcast. You've got to be somewhat extroverted to be able to do that as well. But now it's like, I don't know. I mean, sometimes just people suck. Yeah, man. Just, uh, just give me my, give me my, uh, dual, uh, monitor setup and let me run some stats all day and I'm good. Throw me a, throw me a couple bites to eat, maybe a, a glass of scotch and a couple beers and I'm a happy man. <laughs> throw TJ a couple scraps here and there. He's good to go. <laughs> All right, Team Outlook, can you talk a little bit about the Detroit offense? Golden Tate, Marvin Jones are going off the board like Kenny Galladay isn't going to break out. If he does break out, does that hurt Marvin Jones more than Tate? Carryon Johnson can be had late, but Detroit hasn't produced great running backs of late. Yeah, I mean, if if the Galladay breakout does happen, um, I mean, Tate's kind of into in that uh, short to intermediate role. Uh, I don't think Galladay is going to cut into that. But still, Tate and Jones are just, they're, they're two really good receivers on a really high volume passing offense. Uh, if Galladay does quote unquote break out, I don't think it's going to be, uh, at the, the demise of either of these receivers. And I mean, how many times are we going to do, do this with, with Detroit backfields? It's, we can, we can look all the way back to, we were, we were trying to tout Kevin Jones as a running back for the Lions. I mean, I know they spent some draft capital on him, but they spent draft capital on Abdullah. Uh, this team's just going to throw a lot and, I'm I'm not buying I'm not buying a Detroit running back. I'm not gonna lie, Kevin Jones used to make me some money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was <laughs> he was the man for short spurts, but uh, I mean, we we've always wanted a, a Detroit running back to happen, and it, especially with with old boy Jim Bob over there, he loves to chuck it. Remember Job at Best? Oh, oh Job at Best is my boy. If he oh. stayed healthy, he he would have been he would have been uh, the goat, but unfortunately, it didn't happen. I drafted that dude in every single dynasty. Oh my gosh. Well, now he's, now he's, uh, snatching end zone grabs and flag football. So he's back. When we start our AAFL fantasy league, uh, we could, re- we could draft him again. We guarantee that's going to be on the DraftKings slate by 2019. <laughs> no doubt. By 2019, by, by August. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, right. I'll redraft. What round is it okay to start drafting Mark Ingram? Uh, I'm looking at him. If he's there in the fifth round, um, I think it's a, it's an auto pick for me. Uh, it it doesn't really matter where I went before that. I I could sustain for the four weeks. Uh, even if this backfield regresses as a whole, which it's gonna. Uh, the, Sean Payton's already come out and said that he doesn't want Kamara to be a high volume guy, and I don't think he's gonna be either. I'm I'm not really drafting Kamara that much. He he's kind of in that that Tyreek Hill um uh regression uh discussion i mean i I think he's still gonna be good i think he's still gonna be worthy of his his first round adp but uh ingram's gonna come back and it's gonna be a guy that i think you're gonna be able to get uh he's a a third round value if he's healthy and you're gonna be able to get him in the fifth round down the stretch i think it's gonna be nice to have all right, next one here for the week. TJ is the fuck, Mary kill. All right, here we go. The inevitable Thursday night DraftKings showdown slate replacements, the inevitable Sunday night showdown slate replacements, or the inevitable Monday night showdown <laughs> slate replacements. Showdown, of course, you're taking, what, five or six players in this format, TJ? And, I mean, guaranteed. Like, this is taking the place of, like, Monday, Thursday slates. Maybe those will still be a little thing on the side, but they're going to be hammering these showdown slates for NFL hard. It's so gross. I, I mean, we could kill all three of them, right? I, I mean, the a uh, uh, one-game slate, I'm, 
uh, we're going to have uh, all these guys pretending like there's an edge, and we've already talked about screenshots. You, you screenshot it and pretend like there's this great strategy. I mean, it's it's very, very, very high variance, and I think for the, the average player, um, it's it's just a way for some some uh, some good action. But um, if you're trying to grind it out, I would say avoid these like the plague. Yeah, I mean, there's, to your point, I mean, the high event, touchdowns in NFL inherently makes these slates just a, a nightmare, you know. But, you know, here's the deal, though, TJ, all right? I hate it. It sucks, all right? I'm still going to play it. Like, that's what yeah. makes me awful. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm still going to end up playing it, and I'm going to figure out those showdown slates, and it's like, okay, maybe I take one quarterback. Maybe let's see what the price is on the two quarterback. It's like guaranteed showdown cash, right? Oh, okay, well, here's a quarterback. How many how many wide receivers and running backs can I fit in next? And it's just, ah, gosh. You know? Yeah, well, when that when that running back goes down for the uh... – the the first 1 p.m. slate that you have in in 80 percent of your lineups uh, in week two and you're chasing those losses 100 percent you're going to be in that showdown on Sunday night. Oh my gosh, TJ! I didn't even think about that. Like the early <laughs> slates, they're going to just replace the early slates with the 1 yeah. p.m. showdown slate. This, yep. I'm just I'm just done. I'm done. All right, I'm going to move on there because I'm just making, oh God, I'm literally tilting on air right now. Uh, best ball, how often are you taking a quarterback in the 8th or ninth because a Drew Brees or a Cam Newton falls there? Yeah, it's, it, we, we didn't even talk about this off air, but those are the exact guys that I'm looking when they fall to those rounds. Uh, I mean, I think, I think both of these guys are, are due for uh, a little bit of a bounce back. The Saints were, um, they were so running back heavy that we saw Brees' numbers down a little bit. Uh, addition of, of Cam Meredith is a true number two there. I, I think I like that a lot. Uh, and then Cam, I mean, I get it. He's not a good passer. He's one of the worst passing quarterbacks in the league, but he's going to put up fantasy numbers with his legs, and uh, he has he has the weapons to do it. So Cam in the eighth or ninth is that's that's printing money, I think. Yeah, I, I literally before we got on this pod took him at eight dot seven in one of these best ball drafts. So all all day there, that's fine. Road of his fam, Jeremy Hart, Road of his radio. Let me tell you about our friends over at the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the home of season long high stakes fantasy football. The fantasy draft season is heating up, and the FFPC has a format to suit interest and budget. Whether you like best ball or super flex or classic managed leagues, there are drafts daily with entry fees starting at just $35. Jump into a slower live draft today. If you like Dynasty, the FFPC has almost 200 active Dynasty leagues with entry fees starting at just $77 and going up to $2,500. Here is something incredible. Not a single Dynasty league has folded in eight years. New Dynasty leagues are forming right now with startup drafts launching on a regular basis. Do not miss the FFPC experience, folks. Go to myffpc.com and register now. That's myffpc.com, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football.
All right, TJ, jumping right back in here, we have a commissioner question. All this talk about the Scott Fishbowl is making me want to convert my dynasty leagues to a super flex, so the most integral position in football isn't a throwaway position in fantasy. What is the best way to earn uh, league buy-in and make the switch? So, TJ, before I toss this one back over to you, I think I'll give a a, a friendly shout-out to our friends, uh, uh, com- Commission Possible or Commission Impossible, commission, Commissioner Possible, one of those two, with uh, the aforementioned Scott Fishbowl here. Scott Fish and Ryan McDowell run a great Commissioner podcast, so check that one out if you're out there. But uh, all right, so I'll pass it back over to you now. Uh, man, trying to make make uh, league league changes in a in, in one of those formats is, is like pulling teeth. People are so, uh, so stuck in their ways. I, I think maybe one proposition you can make is, is expanding the roster. I think a lot of people get nervous about uh, wasting roster spots, so maybe throw float that out there. Um, possibly changing up some scoring, adding uh, like a, a rushing first down. More, people like more scoring, six six point quarterbacks. Just more points, the better. I think. I think if you can make it look like it's going to be more scoring, people will be more excited. Uh, maybe sh- maybe shorten up the league if you can if you can introduce it with a ten team league. It doesn't look like the the uh, the pool so watered down. Uh, just a few ideas to to maybe get people to start trying out superflex. Yeah, that's all really great stuff there. Good points indeed. Um, just to add to that, I, I you, you mentioned it actually, but yeah, the the significance of not only like if you're going to change it to a superflex, go ahead and add another RB wide receiver tight end flex as well just to kind of lessen the impact of the overall super flex and take some attention back into some of the positional players as well and and i think you can also take a like you know make the announcement now but you can't just straight cut it off and say okay next year we're going to do a super flex because of course the first thing you're going to hear is folks saying well i didn't plan for this I would have drafted differently. I would have drafted and, and traded all, all that stuff differently. So, you know, it, it's now maybe you can start it in 2020 and everybody, here, here's your clock to gear up. Or you can just say, you know what, we are now officially making this an Empire League, first one to win this league from here on out. Uh, or two years in a row, you know, that'll be the finale of this league as it's known mm-hmm. today. And then we'll keep everybody in and just start Superflex brand new or some, something like that as well. I think that could Yeah, if, if, if you're in a league where a uh, hometown where you could all meet up, I'm always a big fan of anything that, that comes down to a voter or league-wide decision is decided over a uh, Mario Kart tournament. <laughs> <laughs> that is pro advice right there. Uh, if you were given full reign to redesign the food pyramid, TJ, what would it look like? Is this like for optimal health or just for what people should be eating for happiness? Any any which way you want to take it. It's I, your, it's I, your I, food pyramid. I, well, the the one we have is is awful with bread at the <laughs> bottom. That's like just the biggest scam ever. Uh, I think we we go. Just three levels. We go. We go steak at the bottom. Uh, we go with um, we go with some 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 donuts in the middle, and then we go scotch <laughs> to top, and then outside in its own circle in the don't eat. Uh, you have uh, IPA, uh, pickles, and boneless wings. Those just shouldn't be long in anybody's body. Bon- who the frick came up with boneless, boneless wings anyway? Like I actually think this became a fad when we were young, TJ. Like I swear, did did we not just begin starting to see boneless wings all over? The world, like we we were like what sixteen or something like that. It's it's a travesty. I don't know who who these adults adults are ordering chicken fingers. Just get some get wings with bones. They're delicious and they're they're real. They're not just mashed up. Who knows what? 
You look so awesome sticking that fork in your little boneless chicken wing. Get out. <laughs> Dynasty, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster or 2019 first and 2020 first? Oh, the, the, the two first rounds are, are tempting, but uh, I, I think Juju is, is someone that uh, he, he might join the elite ranks of Ryder Series. Uh, I, I like what he did last year, and I tend to just go towards those proven commodities because people are, are so excited about the, the shiny new toy that uh, if you can get, especially, I go back to those proven wide receivers, uh, I think Juju's going to be great. Um, it's it, it sounds a little steep too first, but I still want the proven guy. I'm with you here. I think it's still Juju. I mean, I think if you sell now for the two first round unknowns right now, like you're just going to be you're going to be pissed at yourself later. Now, let me ask you this, though, right? Because there is also a case on the other side only being that we talked a little bit about that PPT danger zone. Caven uh, also brought this off in, in his article, uh, Tyreek Hill, uh, in the in the efficiency. Like the body of work for Juju isn't exactly there. You know, he certainly just hit the scene gunning late last year. Um, but it was a lot of high efficiency stuff on low target volume. So is there any cause for concern there, or you just saw what you needed to see? Yeah, I, I think if um, if I remember correctly, he performed really well in Matt Harmon's reception perception, and uh, I, I think that the Steelers are a team that have been pretty good about utilizing their best weapons. Um, in the past, it's been very concentrated with, uh, obviously, A.B. and Le'Veon, but uh, I, I think they know that um, this is just one of those offenses. They're going to utilize their guys in the best way possible. We've seen it year in, year out. It works great for fantasy. I think they're going to fit Juju into that mix. Here's here's the hot take for for Pittsburgh this year. You ready? Uh-oh. Juju, it's not really a hot take, but Juju was the missing piece they needed for all their freaking away games. And now that they've unlocked Juju, Whoa. now for whatever reason, whatever that 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 was on oh. that, that monkey on Ben's back, like Juju is gonna just take them off the away game hurdle. And now they have somewhere else to target beside Bell and AB in away games. And now it's just going to open them up. And so early, early season, Pittsburgh away games. Here we go. Yeah. Maybe Ben stops uh, hitting the club in the out of town cities. <laughs> I mean, he's getting, can he stop hitting the club? I mean, he's got the Juju brand on his side now. Like would, <laughs> if you true. were friends with Juju, would you not like use that as an excuse to get out to the club? Am I right? I mean, if you've been on Twitter, you see Matt Franchise just hanging out with them all the time at the EA Sports Complex. So uh, maybe you've got to be friends with Matt Franchise to get to Juju. That's what it was. Matt, Matt Franchise is going to actually, um, by connection, going to unlock the, the Pittsburgh away games here. <laughs> all right. Redraft, what exactly has Amari Cooper proven to be worth his current ADP? I know he was an elite prospect, but can we really project him to be a second, third round pick? He basically hasn't made it on any of my best ball teams, and I'm wondering if I have blinders. Yeah, I mean, you're basically paying uh, for volume at this point. I'm really worried about what this offense is going to be like uh, under John Gruden. I know everybody heard the famous throw it back to, to 1998 kind of tongue-in-cheek, but uh, I, I really do think that there could be some uh, early season and maybe first-year struggles for the Raiders under Gruden. Uh, still, he's going 38th in uh, MFL 10s over the last month, so uh, at times you can get him in the fourth round. I think it's really just going to depend on how my team looks up to that point. If I'm uh, wide receiver heavy and he's going to be maybe my wide receiver three or even wide receiver four if you're just going full-on zero running back, 
I'm fine with that. If it's flipped around and he's going to be my wide receiver one, then I have some issues with it. 100% in agreement with you. Yeah. I mean, even like if he's fine as a wide receiver too, like if you, if you went, you know, RB wide receiver, RB wide receiver, then you got him in the fourth. I'm fine with that. But yeah, I, I definitely don't want to be dependent upon Amari Cooper to say the least. Uh, TJ Shark Tank app idea that does not exist today. I don't think this exists, but uh, it's kind of an add-on to an idea that already exists. They already have the, uh, they have the the uh, what's it called, the alcohol, the the ABV readers um, that you plug into your phone, um, the alcohol level test. Uh, you plug that into your phone, and if you blow over a certain uh, um, alcohol level, it automatically disables uh, pre-selected numbers in your cell phone. <laughs> It it just automatically locks up your text your outbound text message to your to your yeah. exes as well, right? It's it's very much needed. Another Shark Tank idea. I mean, uh, with our previous conversation, an app that can detect uh, boneless buffalo wings within a <laughs> one mile radius and self detonate them. I like that idea a lot. <laughs> Better season. All right, we get a lightning round. Here we go. Jarvis Landry or Marvin Jones. Uh, I think I'm going to go Marvin Jones. Talked about the uh, Detroit offense already a little bit. I'm worried about Jarvis Landry with Tyrod. Uh, Tyrod has the lowest percentage of passes over the middle uh, over the past three seasons, and I think that has a lot to do with scrambling quarterbacks. So if we look at the list of, of quarterbacks that don't throw over the middle, um, it's a lot of guys like uh, Tyrod, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Cam Newton. I think that has a lot to do with them rolling out a lot and throwing it to the outside. So we could see Jarvis Landry's uh, volume numbers a little lower than we expect. Emmanuel Sanders or Marcus Goodwin? Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, just because he was on track for about 130 targets last year. Uh, he and DT are, are pushing that 30 range, but this is still one of the most concentrated pass games in the league. Uh, we don't know what Marquise Goodwin's going to look like with the full season with uh, Jimmy G and, and uh, Garcon's going to be healthy again, too. He's going to look like an Olympian. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> He's fast. <laughs> Devin Funches or Robbie Anderson? I think it's going to be, uh, ball's going to be spread a little thin. Devin Funch was kind of miscast as a wide receiver one last year in Carolina. Uh, Robbie Anderson, I think, kind of similar to, to Denver. We could see a, uh, concentrated pass game in New York. Uh, Robbie Anderson could push for 23% target share again this year, so I like him. We don't have any updates on if he's going to be suspended, suspended or anything like that right now, right? We, know. we, we don't with the legal stuff, but, uh, I mean, people are still drafting him like he's a go, so. Um, I, I, it's late enough where I guess it's worth a risk. Yep, yep, with you there as well. Um, Alex Smith or Philip Rivers? Uh, Philip Rivers scored the most points below expectation in the red zone last year. He lost Hunter Henry, uh, but still has Tyrell and Mike Williams, uh, as well as Keenan Allen. So I think Philip Rivers has a big bounce back season. Uh, Chargers are going to score a lot of points this year. Give me Philip Rivers. Carry on Johnson or CJ Anderson? I already said I don't like that Detroit running game almost ever. I think C.J. Anderson not only takes on that Jonathan Stewart role, but he's a good enough athlete and pass catcher that he actually can cut into Christian McCaffrey's uh, catches. So uh, C.J. Anderson for me. Jonathan Stewart. I mean, he's just he's he's a beast. He's a robot. I mean, he, the running backs <laughs> they don't age, right? Well, not those ones, I guess. Yeah, not not Gettleman's anyway. Uh, Ronald <laughs> Jones or Tevin Coleman. Uh, I don't. I think the Buccaneers are going to be a little more uh, pass heavy than than people realize. Um, ever over the last couple of years since Jameis has went there, they've been trending towards the pass. Atlanta's a offense that's due for a big bounce back uh, year in scoring. They were 
uh, third in yards per drive last year, but 12th in touchdown rate. Uh, I think Tevin Coleman uh, gets a lot of that uh, bounce back, and give me Tevin. Yeah, I, I feel like I have split these two 50-50 in all my best balls. Just because Ronald Jones as the default starter – that, you know, I, I don't, I don't know which way. Like, I, that's why the best balls are so great. You can build up a portfolio and diversify. Um, but yeah, I think gun to my head, I will, I will take the Tevin side. Oh, uh, gosh. And I feel like I don't know if I just answered that one, but we'll move on. <laughs> Greg Olson or Jimmy Graham? Uh, yeah, like I said, uh, that, I think that ball is going to be spread a little thin in Carolina. Always a, uh, lower volume overall pass attack just because Cam's going to pull it down and run so much. Uh, Jimmy Graham led the league in red zone targets last year. Now he gets to catch balls from the best quarterback in the league. Give me Jimmy Graham. TJ, take a favorite or popular movie, change one letter in the title. What's the new plot? What's it all about? Uh, take Superbad and change it into Super Mad. And the movie, <laughs> uh, the movie starts exactly the same up to the point where uh, Seth gets spit on by Jesse outside the liquor store. Uh, so instead of throwing a party to try to get laid, uh, they throw a party to get back at Jesse. And the, the the plot, it's kind of a it's a it's a modern day version of uh, uh, combining Revenge of the Nerds with Rage of Carrie, but it's kind of a spoof movie. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So so what's great about this TJ is Harmon was on last week and he also used Superbad. But he didn't, oh come on! I, 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 I don't even like you. that Harmon guy. <laughs> and but he didn't make it super mad. He made it super bad. <laughs> okay, that's that's a very on-brand uh, thing for Harmon to say. What one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I'm texting him right now. Hold on. <laughs> oh jeez, we I I, I want to see like somebody from the if we get somebody to say super bad for a third time this season, like we're gonna throw a party. Boneless that's wings. That and he all. said that. Uh, best ball favorite end of the draft stash. I mean, I, I guess this is end of the draft. He's going maybe 12th, 13th in some best ball drafts, but I've been, uh, I've been loading up on, on Chris Godwin. I think, uh, Deshaun took, took a step back last year. I think Godwin, uh, goes into that number two target role this year. This is a team that's set up to, to throw a little bit. I actually think Ryan Fitzpatrick gets Godwin off to a, a little bit of a hot start and he rides that wave when James comes back. And uh, just riff here for me here because this this offense I've been trying to figure out as as I take some of these you know like I don't know if I should be taking Cameron Braid or OJ Howard shares mm-hmm. right at late at tight end is geez I mean it's Fitzpatrick he didn't seem to look at the tight ends that much late last year um and, you know any which way those target shares are going to go. I don't know what the hell the Buccaneers were doing last year because uh, O.J. Howard really dominated snaps down the stretch. And then I went back, and which I never do, I watched a bunch of snaps, and they were just leaving him in to block play after play. It's a team that looks like they should have been set up to throw downfield. Jameis throws downfield at the highest rate in the league. That's 15-plus yards downfield. And they have some of the highest A-dot guys in the league between Mike Evans, O.J. Howard, Deshaun, and Godwin. Um, but they just didn't utilize it last year. Now that uh, uh, Fitzpatrick is starting the season, I think because he does throw it a little closer to the line of scrimmage than Jameis, I think probably uh, like Godwin, it gets braid off to a little bit of a hotter start, and that might uh, translate to when, when Jameis comes back. So I, I think Fitzpatrick is bad for O.J. Howard. Not even on the show sheet. He just riffs utter gold, just beautiful. <laughs> uh, your most successful hot take ever, TJ, and of course your uh, maybe your biggest whiff. My most successful hot take. I don't, I think a lot of people were on this, but coming off of, of Cam's MVP season, uh, we were expecting regression. 
I was saying Cam was completely undraftable. Uh, he went on to have uh, by far his worst uh, season of his career in 2016. Uh, my biggest whiff, uh, back in 2013, uh, the, it was in the middle of the, the Darrell Revis uh, dominating uh, on one side for the Jets, but uh, the Jets, I, I found I was doing some some draft street research back for uh, <laughs> Fantasy Insiders when I first first started writing, and I found out that the, the Jets are really bad against number two receivers, and I, I told everybody that would listen that they should uh, start Muhammad Sanu instead of A.J. Green, and that ended up being Marvin Jones for a touchdown game. You know, we've all been there, though. Like, <laughs> it, and, and you know when it happens? Just going to throw this out there for everyone. It's when we just drive home these cornerback matchup stuff. Um, so, yeah, go ahead and target those uh, wide receivers against a bad cornerback here and there and uh, pull yourself down a touchdown. Too early sizzling hot take, DJ, 2018-19 season. Uh, Matt Breda outscores Marshawn Lynch and Marshawn Lynch in all formats. Phew! I thought you were gonna say he outscores Jarek McKinnon. I was just gonna, just, <laughs> just gonna keel over and bash my head into this desk until it's bleeding profusely. Breda, so oh gosh, so I guess are you down on McKinnon then a little? No, I think I think Breda has a lot of standalone value. We've seen Shanahan use two running backs before. I think uh, I think that the uh, Niners have enough touches where Breda can. I think he can see 150 touches this year, even if, if McKinnon is a 280-touch guy. Um, and like I said, I, I think the Raiders are going to be bad. I think a lot of people are, are trying to get that uh, post-hype sleeper marsh on. I don't think it's going to happen. Give me very cheap Raider across the bay. Very good, very good. Just beautiful stuff all around there. That's going to do it for this week's episode of the Fantasy Football Mailbag, a word of his podcast dedicated to answering your fantasy questions. If you have any questions you want answered on the RV Mailbag, again, hit us up via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com or on Twitter at rotovizradio. TJ, man, always a pleasure having you on, carving out the time. Any last-minute plugs? Uh, check out everything I'm doing is at 4 for 4 we're launching the DFS MVP podcast next year all of our uh, DFS tools will be coming out uh, early uh, next month and it's um, it's tight ends week at 4 for 4 right now we're rolling out a, a new position every week so be sure you're uh, checking out my Twitter and checking out the site there it is whether it's classic level pro level consulting you name it get on over there it's tight end week and we're out of here do not forget to rate and review the show on iTunes folks it means a lot I'm Jeremy Hart at Fantasy Gumshoe. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to Rotoviz Radio. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Fantasy Football Mailbag or Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think, so follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio and at Fantasy Gumshoe. Tell your friends about us, and do not forget to sign up for a 30% discount through our podcast homepage on rotoviz.com. It's a no-brainer, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Hello? Yeah, buddy. There we go. Jeremy, what's up? Oh, no. Hello? <laughs> oh, shit. I don't know. It's weird because, like, so many of us do podcasts, and 
I feel like so many people don't have a good solution. Like all of us have issues. I'm like, I feel like this should be way easier by now. Somebody, there's the million, there's the Shark Tank idea right there. I don't understand. (laughs) So my wife freaking wanted to try this new Chinese place in town, right? And so we tried, food's all good. And I mean, I should have known better though, TJ, right? Like it was a Chinese, it's called China Dragon, okay? But not only do they have Chinese food, but they also have Japanese food. Not only do they have oh, Japanese food, that's but a, that's a tell. Yeah, and they had Thai food. Uh oh. All the where, shit. Where you live at? I, I'm in the Northwest Burbs, Chicagoland okay. area. And oh, you should be able to find good Chinese. Oh yeah, I mean it, it's it's you know you, a new place goes up, you got to try it out. Like it tasted good, man, but fuck. Like, I'm hurting, dude. Like, I just want to take a nap. I don't think I'm going to make it through the show, man. Oh. <laughs> they rolled it out last year. I didn't know if I didn't know why they were all the same thing. I don't know if I was missing something, but uh, I'm I hate all of them, too. So yeah. If it's, just a, if it's just a hate session on on showdowns, I, I can spout off about that for sure. It pretty much is. Yeah. Because, yeah, I'm down for that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, going to blast. I'm going to indirectly blast some um, towels. It'll be fun. Nice, nice. Let's do it. I need some freaking caffeine. I should have. I should have got a Red Bull or something. Then I just, I just chugged. Um, I, there's this stuff that Trader Joe's with cold press concentrate, but it's basically just espresso. It's uh, you're supposed to add water to it, but I just take pools off the bottle. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> it's like doing like two espresso shots. Woo! There goes TJ again. He slaps around the place. Yeah. <laughs> He's ready for three podcasts. This is this is my amped up voice. Can you tell? Hello. Yeah, buddy. There we go. It just comes in like a six, no, like a thirty-two ounce, sixty-four ounce. I don't know how much ounces are. Just comes in a big ass bottle. Like it's not, it's not cold or whatever. But I just keep it in my in my fridge and just take pools off it throughout the day. That's a, that's a good idea. I mean, I'm just tired of brewing coffee. I'm just tired of the process. I'm tired of yeah. all of all of that stuff. But, it's uh, strong. I feel like I I try to go shop at Trader Joe's more often, and I just don't. But legit, the only reason I ever go into Trader Joe's is to get the green uh, the green dragon sauce. You know what I'm talking about? There? <laughs> no, I don't. Oh, dude, it is the best hot sauce. Uh, in the world, it's really it's just yeah, it's the green dragon sauce at Trader oh, Joe. It, it's not. Right. I sh- I swear by the jalapeno sauce. I put it on my eggs every single day. Ooh. But I'll have to try that. It's also verde. All day, verde, all day. Gummy, you're the man. Holy shit, man! I was mad impressed. It's a sickness. I need therapy. That. Fucking Harmon said super bad. That's hilarious. <laughs> That was great. Well, like last no one's, no one's gonna believe that I didn't know that. No, no, yeah. Oh, he's one hundred percent gonna run away with this and then just say you cramped this style. No doubt. God damn it! It's gonna be a bummer. <laughs> I'm never living this one down. Great minds think alike. That's all. <laughs> I suppose. So do <laughs> shitty ones. Hello. Yeah, buddy. There we go. Dummy of the man.
Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Grocery Outlet Bargain Market is your headquarters for huge Labor Day savings. This week, stock up on Frito-Lay party-sized chips. 10.5 to 20-ounce assorted varieties are buy two, get one free. That's a wow savings of up to 50% versus traditional grocery stores. Limit three free. Also, get the grill fired up with Nathan's Famous Beef Franks. 10 to 12-ounce assorted varieties are just $2.99. That's a wow savings of up to 57%. Offers good through September 3rd. Grocery Outlet Bargain Market. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.